You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. There you'll find episode guides, as well as additional reading, more exclusive content, tons of great stuff. And never miss an update, an album review, interview, etc. by subscribing to the free newsletter, howtostand.substack.com. You could also become a paying subscriber on Substack, and that means you're supporting an independent creator and become part of a community, howtostand.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hi everybody! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Really excited today to talk about two must-hear new albums, NCT Dream's Glitch Mode and Red Velvet's Feel My Rhythm, and their new Japanese album too, Bloom, but mainly Feel My Rhythm is what we'll talk about. The reason I'm combining my discussion of these comebacks into one episode is because they cover a lot of similar territory with regards to symbolism and messages that tie into the whole SM Entertainment universe as a whole. Lots of references to things that are related to the bigger story here. You'll see what I mean. But in part one, let's just talk track by track about NCT Dream's new album because this is NCT Talk. If you want more of a thorough recap of Red Velvet's album, track by track, let me know. If listener demand is there, I'll make another standalone episode all about Red Velvet if you want. Let's go track by track, then we'll get to the relevant, to the greater story aspects here. Glitch Mode goes off with a bang right off the bat with Fire Alarm, which reminds me how cool it is how NCT can make anything that's annoying sound really melodic and catchy and fun, because usually the siren sound would just be ew, but this time it's actually sing-along worthy with their chant singing and wee-oo, wee-oo, which yes, give me Patrick Star vibes, but they make it work. The big line in this song I want to highlight, we hop out the coop. That's what NCT127 said in regular. Not saying there is deeper meaning, just a reason to appreciate it. In the new title track, Glitch Mode, which is an 808s bass hip-hop dance song all about feeling buffered, like your, your emotions around a crush are just glitching, just wigging out. It's a really cute message that likens that feeling of an overwhelming, uncontrollable crush and a foreign feeling of that crush, causing you to kind of malfunction, clam up, And they have a very interesting symbolism choice with the whole video game premise as an analogy. My two favorite lyrics I want to shout out. One is, your appearance is clickbait. I just thought that was really funny. And when they say 299,792 per second, robot blast start off. The robot reference in blasting off like a rocket, notable for later in this episode. But for now, that number, 299,792, That's a reference to the speed of light in a vacuum. Teddy Bear is a super cute song. You would expect to sound very chewing gum era-esque, very cutesy and childlike, but it's actually an R&B-based ballad, very unexpected, with beautiful harmonized choruses. It's actually Haitian's favorite in the album because he said fans always call him a teddy bear, which I think is just so cute. And it's about, you know, close your eyes, don't worry about anything. Let's enter a dream world together where the woes of the real world disappear. Lines like, quote, I'll meet you in your dreams, unquote, really remind me of Kwanya, that whole subconscious world, and that feels like an intentional nod. Drive is a track that's very nostalgic, reflecting on childhood. It's very busy, tambourine, piano, yet it's somewhat a little more chill of a tempo than other songs on the album. But even the slower, just relatively speaking, songs on here are very busy and attention-holding. 
It's a really cute sentimental song, with it kind of not to puberty again. Saying, quote, just a tall kid in the mirror, it's a little awkward. Key lyrics to remember. When you're more blue than anything, I color you with a burst of laughter. And it starts again, the racing called today. Different rules every day, new tracks seen for the first time. Go ahead and pick a mini car. They later reference, quote, the mini car that's frozen in memory. So they're using the analogy of a race car, a racetrack, to describe what life feels like right now. Daunting, something you're not prepared for, fast-paced. But also the fact they make it a mini car they're referencing makes it seem very childlike, like they're just racing Hot Wheels or something. Really cute double meaning there. Growing up and staying young. Replay is a song Mark and Jason wrote their raps for. More cute chanting in the pre-chorus, but an old-school hip-hop pivot in the bridge, leading into a high note. So there are like five places in the song that are the strongest moments, it seems. Another very busy song with a lot of highlights. They also reference mic camera action that will be notable for later in this talk. Arcade is another great example of how they mix good, genuine harmonies, powerful vocals, with just a lot of fun. It's like kids bop with actually good, not annoying voices. <laughs> like actually fun voices to listen to on sometimes goofy songs. And in Arcade, definitely it has that energy of really impressive voices, but also just lots of echoes, sound effects, like you're stuck in an arcade as you listen to it. Two lyrics to zone in on. One is, I chew, eat, and spit them out like gum. Seems to be a nod back to chewing gum. Nice. And you can't win if you just wait and see. Very good point. Oh, one more. I left yesterday's me in yesterday. Very similar lyric to one in the song Yesterday by NCTU. Saturday Drip has a rap focus, more hip-hop inspiration, and a really funny intro where they're like, what's the date? Oh yeah. Again, they have a lot of corny moments, but they play it off with this unexpected coolness. Three lyrics I want to draw attention to. One, which is just the funniest way to flirt with someone I can think of. Quote, I know you're a gourmet, but my life is more than five stars. Like a five-star restaurant. Two, quote, shout Veni Vidi Vici out loud, like Caesar's back. That's a reference to Veni Vidi Vici, what Julius Caesar reportedly said after the swift victory in war. It means I came, I saw, I conquered. Like I showed up, I won. End of story. Third, Quote, mix your water and color, drip, 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 like Jackson Pollock. So when they're talking about their Saturday drip, their Saturday outfits, accessories, etc., their expensive clothes, they also reference drip paintings by Jackson Pollock, who popularized this style of painting, this new form at the time, where he would not work with a standard art easel. He would actually just put it on the ground somewhere else. He would just spread it out, use a, an unexpectedly, unconventionally large canvas for the time, and just let the paint drip onto it. Just very unconventional. And is considered a landmark figure in the world of abstract art. Fun fact, Pollock actually was really inspired by Salvador Dali, surrealist era stuff, other stuff that we talked about in that K-pop Times artwork episode. He was famously really influenced by Picasso, whose shiny reference in their work, that I think is just a coincidence, but interesting nonetheless. This Museum of Modern Art's New York City exhibition called Picasso, 40 Years of His Art. And it really was a big pivotal moment for Pollock's views on art. 
and European modernism, which he had previously kind of brushed off as not as cool as his quote-unquote American-style art. But then he went back to viewing European modernism expression in art as valuable. He led this abstract expressionism movement, and he focused a lot on the surrealism, which is kind of putting a visual on hard-to-articulate emotions. He was also known for this thing called action painting, another way to describe his drip process. It was a full-body workout, basically, is what that means, so you kind of become part of the art in a way. He had the drip and splash style and the all-over method, which really intentionally avoids clear points of emphasis in his work, keeps it as ambiguous as possible, what he's trying to paint. He actually really always questioned his popularity. He actually started working with darker colors on these things called the black pourings that sold to no one. No one wanted to buy it. He then resumed popularity once he went back to painting colorfully. But yeah, he was very invested in his work and emotionally pretty much spent. He had a lot of issues in his life, and art was his outlet. Pollock's impact on American Expressionism and abstract art is comparable to some art critics to Vincent van Gogh's impact on Impressionism. That big. But some do think it's overhyped. Some also worry it kind of glamorizes his sad life story to uplift him too much. Like you have to sacrifice for your art, it has to be suffering, and some art critics argue that shouldn't be the case. Some people do think that Jackson Pollock's impact on the art world was overstated, that he was overhyped, because what he did was question the bounds of what is art, when does the art stop, and when does the viewer begin. At a really deep level, when analyzing his art, you could just really be stuck questioning that, of how much did he want this art to take on meaning with the viewer kind of as part of the whole display, versus standing alone. Some people, and I'll actually link to some critiques I've read on my site, people have very interesting critiques about, they all basically boil down to, this is fancy schmancy language to describe a dude who made drops of paint his living. That he didn't reinvent the game because at some point you have to label and draw that line between artist and artwork. And when you keep it ambiguous so much, to some point it's too ambiguous. You can no longer call its ambiguity artistic and clever, it's just incomplete of a message. But anyway, it is a funny way to reference an artist, because they're talking about their drip in terms of outfits. And also because, just like his work made people question the nature of art and where it stops, NCT Dream's whole music video world is all about making people stop and question where the dreaming stops and the real world begins. It's Yours is a super sweet song. It's mid-tempo, but again, still very high energy because of their ad-libs and just layers of sound. Plus, Mark, Gemin, and Jason made the raps themselves, so it's an impressive song with a really cute message about I'm really struggling to find words powerful enough to suit you. It's all kind of falling short, but whatever word you want, whatever descriptive word you want, it's yours. I will attribute it to you. Another cute message on Better Than Gold. More adorable chanting, yet more vocal control and skill. A new talent level on display here. Impressive high notes. Really well done. It should definitely be their new go-to concert encore song. Never Goodbye is a sweet R&B ballad worked on by Mark, Jeno, Jemin, and Jisun. It's really cute. A message about whenever you feel lonely, stop and look up at the sky. Remember we stare up at the same stars, and we can be connected in that way. And, quote, if I can't find the way to go with you, I will always shine upon you from afar.
Lastly, Rewind, a self-explanatory premise with three really touching lyrics. One, quote, I'll sing it again, just like when I was 8.25. That day is August 25, August 25th, the day of their debut stage as NCT Dream. Two, quote, because we're together, we're the seven that completes Lucky. The fact they want to reinforce that they are seven members, really love that, especially in the light of the previous format where a member would graduate regularly out of the group, they would age out of it. Now they insist that's not happening. Mark, you are staying put. And third, quote, our memories that we gradually made become healing. I know, back and forth we go. Just a thought-provoking way to phrase, trying to turn them into valuable lessons. Okay, what can I learn from that? Memories we gradually made become healing, choosing to take lessons out of them. But back and forth we go, still struggling to do so all the time. A few more details about this comeback that will make more sense later. One is how the glitch mode video has that premise of the video game store freezing over after the machine's malfunction. So there are two main stations. There's the video game store, and there's the dream lab, where these matchmaker characters are theirs. These alternate selves, note that for later, they were so unprepared for and taken aback by the intensity of the crush they have to address that these matchmakers can't take it, and their machines malfunction to the point where a blizzard starts inside the store, and everything's in glitch mode. This state of feeling stuck, uncontrollable, discombobulated. Yet in the midst of that moment of uncertainty, there's a scene where Runjin is surrounded by daffodils and butterflies, mixing winter and spring here in a way that is deeper and more symbolic than you think. So just put a pin in this for later. I also want to draw your attention to, in these teasers, their outfits, because their clothing has been used to send messages before. In this time, I would note the countdown clock graphic on one of Geno's shirts, the one in the group teasers. The whole concept of time and running out of it is a recurring thing for them. And I would note in Mark's solo teaser pics with the blue hoodie, there are a ton of phrases written all over it, like a new kind of science, on the brink, something about the future, against interpretation. Okay, with that phrase being there, Feels like a personal attack, but whatever. Here I go theorizing anyway. Precarization, which refers to the state of being precarious, uncontrollable, unpredictable, thrown off balance. And Mr. H. Simon, with a Switzerland address, Simon, this guy who worked in a place called The Factory, which brings to mind to me this conveyor belt image you should put a pin in for later in this discussion. But anyway. He actually was known for being very hands-on with his curation. A lot of art curators just get stuff, but he would actually cultivate relationships with select artists and then after making a deal with them, give them an assignment for what to make, rather than signing them on because of what he saw that they had already made. And then he was kind of collaborative too in unprecedented ways to watch them as they made that work and provide input in the process. Let's cover the key details in Red Velvet's album you need to remember. First of all, I just want to know is another job well done. They managed to really blend interesting layers of angelic vocals, cutesy images with darker sassy stuff on a dime. I mean, sampling classical music and merging it with a trap beat, they are very one of a kind. I also did elaborate on my thoughts on this at havestandusubstack.com plus in my Best of March episode that just came out. 
The first part of this Red Velvet Feel My Rhythm comeback that we have to dissect, the promo posters for this album and the new music video. Here are just a couple of the many details in those posters that I have really zeroed in on and found significant. It'll make sense later. First of all, the members are very shrunken down, not just like any ballerinas, but really shrunken down music box sized ones. You can also tell they're shrunken down because of the proportionality, the size of pearls and pearl necklaces. And actually on the album cover, there's a teddy bear of sorts, kind of camouflage, hidden on the left side. It looks exactly like it blends in with the grass and the bushes, but it is the shape of a teddy bear over there that's quite close to the members in size. In addition to the shrunken down Alice in Wonderland-esque nature here, we also see a blending of 2D and 3D, 4D worlds pretty overtly. The flowers and stuff on the album cover, very intentionally animated looking. This applies to Bloom, their new Japanese album cover too. But the members are not. So the members are not cartoons, they just look like people, but they are surrounded by 2D illustrations. And you see that blending of forms, illustrated animations versus live action stuff in the Feel My Rhythm video. So one, the size, two, the animations mixed with 4D stuff, and three, the little girl in one of the first teaser posters that came out. There's a little girl with pigtail braids, cute pink dress, and she's sitting on this table, a desk or something, with a wooden box on her head, with a face drawn on it in marker, holes cut out for eyes. Like, she just has this box on her head, like a little kid's first cosplay as a robot or something. Really cute and very reminiscent of the Reve robot that has become a Reve Festival logo, like their mascot. This robot seems to be nodded to with that poor but cute attempt at cosplay. Remember, the presence of these key symbolic things, candles, a candelabra in this case, a snow globe of sorts, maybe just a music box, but it doesn't have snow in it, but it's a merry-go-round themed globe of sorts, a trinket with a merry-go-round theme, teddy bears, flowers, plants, a puppy statue, and a puppy-themed wall clock, butterflies, and butterfly decals, and a fountain in the center of their album cover art, but instead of just pouring water, it is just full of grass and flowers blooming. Trust me, all those objects and their significance will make sense as I progress into my theories. On the wall, by those gold butterfly decals, is a gold plaque. It basically is a paraphrase of the quote, I regret nothing in my life, even if my past was full of hurt. I still look back and smile because it made me who I am today. I cannot, for the life of me, find who said this. This quote seems to have been very popularized across social media, Pinterest, and stuff, but this inspiring quote that seems to be everywhere, I can't find an attribution. So feel free to help me out with that, but I really don't know where this came from. So we can't read into the speaker in why Red Velvet quoted them specifically, but what you could read into is the chosen quote itself about regretting nothing and thinking about how your past made you who you are today which is relevant given the whole time travel aspect of Quanya. The pearls, both that they wear in music videos and on the album cover, not just notable because it does seem to be kind of a new trend, once again it's a popular accessory, but also in their story, feels like there was a deeper intention behind the point of using pearls because pearls represent wealth, of course, but also wisdom that you get from experience goes back to that quote on the plaque. They also can represent good luck, good fortune. 
Some pearls in red velvet content are white, others are pink. Pink pearls specifically represent love, passion. The white pearls can represent this innocence, purity. So it's an interesting combination of using pearls as red velvet unleash their inner child and pearls that show this growing self-awareness of their intense love and other mature emotions. Please note that Wendy, on this album cover, is handing up a picture that's kind of like an optical illusion because it's a picture of a blue sky with fluffy white clouds kind of at the corners cut off by the frame, but she's handing it up outside. On the album cover, that beautiful blue sky with the fluffy clouds is right there above her, but she is instead handing up a picture of that same thing to look at. And it's also odd because not just this weird placement, but that it kind of looks like it could be just a painting or a window. And similarly, on a separate poster, a picture on the wall that looks like a painting of the sky, but could easily be misinterpreted to be a window. Interesting nod here to the just questioning reality versus what is staged, fake, performative. Speaking of performative... There's an interactive ballet recital of sorts, Come to Life in Feel My Rhythm. And what's most interesting about that is, first of all, how, again, they are viewed as proportionally Alice in Wonderland-esque, not normal-sized. Like, the birds are bigger than them, the people in bird costumes. And that it's just very overtly all theatrical, but the scene keeps changing. So they are part of the show, but when the show ends versus when it's something else happening that's not staged, just IRL, off script, off camera, that line's super blurry. At the end of this video, it turns out the action is unfolding inside of something bird-sized, like a hole in a bird's nest, or like a beehive hole but for birds. So again, I return to shrunken down in the animated aspects, the pearls, butterflies, teddy bear, optical illusion type paintings, performative stuff, putting on a show, not knowing when the show ends, and what distinguishes it from everyday life. Those are the main things to keep in mind here. And the girl with the robot box on her head, the cosplay of sorts, of their icon. And please note that Wendy, when she's putting up that picture on the album cover, has a stepladder with her, which raises the question, Maybe she also used the stepladder to reach the sky somehow and painted the clouds, made those clouds form red velvet, the words. And you're probably thinking, what? You just said she was really tiny. Now you're saying she can touch the sky? Yeah, conventional logic does not apply here. We're in this upside down wonderland here. In Red Velvet themselves did overtly say this whole premise is a journey through your imagination. That's what the Reve Festival is all about. That's what Kwanya is all about. As I laid out shameless plug in the episode called Espa and Quanya 101, which gives more of the broader SM Entertainment Artist cinematic universe backstory. Lots of Easter eggs, clues, symbols, etc. to pick up on from the Wild Side video off their new Japanese album Bloom, which has those animated flowers. While they are not animated, it's that mixing of forms again. Key things to remember from the Wild Side video. Lots of plants, flowers, greenery, a dog following Joy around as she looks at fancy jewelry in these display cases. Irene is staring at herself in the mirror. Display cases not just for the jewelry, but for diamonds, including a giant red one. And Yuri is wearing pearls and a butterfly hair clip in a room full of flowers. 
repeated symbol on repeated symbol. And she flips on a dime to this totally different look for the choruses, with a dark outfit, short haircut, etc. Not only is that just a treat for yeary biased people like myself, but I think it's also a deeper meaning there. Their duality in these cases is meaningful because of all the clones, alter ego premise underlying the SMCU. I'm getting ahead of myself though. Then you've got to keep in mind what Yeri said at their latest press conference. Quote, some bandmates want to stay in the winter while others want to go to the spring. And what I said is a big spoiler. Some of them want to stay in winter, others want to move on to spring. What that made me think of was the snowy terrain setting of the Red Velvet Bad Boy video, which also happens to be from Super M's Tiger Inside, part of EXO's video universe when the environment's frozen over, part of Kai's solo world when the place is frozen over, part of a Taman video when the place is frozen over, and of course, the freezing over that happens in NCT Dream's new video for Glitch Mode. So some people here feel stuck or want to stay in winter, but then you have a lot of references to flowers, butterflies, greenery, and that's present throughout the SMCU, as we talked about on Espa and Kwanya 101, previous NCT Talk episodes, etc. So many videos with flowers, gardens, etc. So that duality of locations, deep winter, and spring all around you, Yuri basically confirmed that's significant to remember here. Looking back at a few key details from Red Velvet's past music videos, certain details stand out to me in a new light now because they do connect to the themes I've been talking about today. In Dum Dum, the girls see their clones, different versions of themselves, that's when they meet the robot character, they have that machine conveyor belt concept, they're performing in front of these video cameras rolling, like they're acting in their IRL clone selves are out and about, or vice versa. We don't know who's acting and who's just being themselves. There's some magic, some supernatural ability to levitate chess pieces and stuff. In Rookie, the video has this very funhouse concept. The clones are back. At the end, the camera zooms out and we see Yeri, the key character in the new comeback too, was controlling the other members' literal puppet strings, and they were all just performing on a stage together. They end with taking a bow, and we see the whole thing was done in front of a green screen. Rookie's also the video where this guy coated in flowers chases them. Flower Man is like this evil character. The filming something concept is back as the focus of Red Flavor, they have this TV infomercial concept, and later the camera zooms out, and we see that Solgi is both the interviewer, the star of the ad, the star of promo for this agency, and she is the boom operator for her own shot, a clone of hers. If she's the person in the video, or the crew member, up to you to decide again. In Peekaboo, Wendy holds and looks at a giant diamond. The video also has a key prop in the glass display cases, full of different outfits. Mannequins in the glass cases return to being behind them in the video for Bad Boy. In Power Up, they dance in front of a TV that looks giant compared to them. The conveyor belt concept is reintroduced, and it ends with them shrinking more, literally going into the TV. This is all staged performance premise returns in Really Bad Boy. We see the Hollywood sign in the background. In Zimzalabim, they all wear 3D glasses. There's this ticket booth scene. A literal curtain close at the end. Joy ends up being the character they watch on TV, doing the weather report in Oompa Oompa. 
In Psycho, they're in this sort of dressing room, backstage area of sorts, like they're getting dialed up preparing for the show. In the Queendom video, all the action starts beneath a storm drain, like they're in this tiny world within our world. As I've said ad nauseum on this show before, it is kind of like Horton Hears a Who here. Worlds within worlds, and the tiniest in the nesting doll of worlds is Red Velvet's. We see that with the, the bird's nest they went into in Feel My Rhythm, and by seeing them within the storm drain in the Queendom video. Lastly, Irina Ann Solgi's subunit song Monster has the scene with kind of a seance of sorts. Dark magic, this grassy, candlelit circle. Reminiscent also of this seance type scene in Peekaboo. Now, a quick NCT Dream music video story refresher, because now these details stand out in a new light. We Yun had that whole premise on its face just obvious of blending 2D worlds with our world. They were characters literally in their TV, they came out, they had different potential options for which doorway to step into, which alternate reality to indulge in, all while hanging out with their new friend, a 2D TV character. The whole show within a show movie premise is the focus of the video for Candlelight. The levitating chess game from that Red Velvet video seems notable now because there's a chess game in the Boom video too, as well as there was in the Kwanya concert video. Also in Boom, staring at yourself in the mirror, blowing out a candle on a birthday cake, fencing with yourself, fighting yourself, your alter ego. The Hot Sauce video full of cartoonish elements, pupils enlarging, etc., eyes popping out of their heads, really cartoonish. In the Diggity video, the members watch themselves on TV without realizing it's them. It doesn't register, but they're like, hey, that looks just like me. A candle is once again a key symbol when Mark offers one as a gift in the Dive Into You video. They also throughout their work have those metaphors, similes, etc. for movies. The star of the show, ready action, let's win an Oscar together, take one, take two, that kind of phrasing. Throw out B-side lyrics too. Now if we pivot to Espa's whole universe introduction short film, like a documentary for Kwanya basically. Remember, their whole premise is their alter egos who live in this other plane that is increasingly merging with quote-unquote the real world, making people question the very nature of what's real versus what isn't, the whole city basically enters glitch mode. The professor enters glitch mode. He kind of just starts repeating his word like he's a robot malfunctioning. The video is also chock full of moments where you kind of don't register what level of dreaming, reality, or a manufactured reality you're on. Like one of them ends up, it turns out it was a virtual reality scene, or the audience later finds out it was like a movie scene, or a daydream during a class lecture, or a YouTube video. The camera keeps zooming out and showing you that wasn't what you thought it was. The main artwork that Ning Ning's alter ego creates that breaks through into an IRL art museum is a butterfly. Which, at some point, ends up, when the city fully, beyond glitches, enters blackout mode, the butterfly art is replaced with Black Mamba image, the Black Mamba lunging at the screen, and Espa do continuously sing about this Black Mamba, representing this darkness, this dark temptation, vices, force, trying to confuse them, prevent them from really seeing the butterfly for what it is, that symbol for what it is, 
basically covering up a symbol that unites the best parts of Kuanya and unites them to their alter egos and allows them to have that shared meaning of a shared symbol, a shared positive symbol with their alter egos to realize, hey, we're the same. We're one and the same, and I feel like I can make peace with that. But they can't do that, and instead, they're turning on each other, fighting their alter egos, while the Black Mamba wrecks havoc, and prevents them from seeing that positive sign. They're trying to reunite with their alter egos and make peace with them. We also see that in the lyrics. Like in Next Level, quote, a hallucination quest created by the Black Mamba. Also notable in that video, Ning Ning, who also made the butterfly art, She's kind of in this optical illusion moment where either she's shrunken down or the buildings did. Something's disproportionate because all the skyscrapers look smaller than her. The Savage music video shows Espa with butterflies around them, Ning in particular in her solo scene surrounded by butterflies. But they also sing about Black Mamba getting even stronger. Quote, your hallucinations are becoming the reasons to construct you. So basically, the false pretenses and obstacles being put in their way are becoming more and more real to them. They're internalizing them. Quote, I'm locked up in the glass. I'm locked up in the hallucination frame. I'm going to Kwanya, defeating a subtle alienation, making me drift apart from my eye. I as in their alter ego. So many SMCU characters, including Mark from NCT Dream, break the camera, like smash the screen in their videos, like they really are trying to bust out of this mirage, break this dream layer, nightmare layer really, Black Mamba's trying to construct. Trying to regain control of their own reality set before them. We also see this desperate desire to break out with the frequent trapped in a glass box, glass display case, etc. symbol throughout SMCU work that we've talked about before as well as how in this Espa Savage video and XO's videos, the earlier day stuff, they have to get through this mirage wall. Like when they touch these invisible walls, it's got kind of a ripple effect, like an invisible vertical pond or something that they have to get past, these smoke screens. The parallel between the Savage and XO videos like Overdose also seems pretty overt given how they both also share in their videos the symbolism of a big identical army coming after them. Giselle is surrounded by that army in Savage, and that army also tries to take down Exo and Monster. Not only were NCT's universe-era teaser videos notable here for their whole premise, questioning what's a dream, what state of consciousness are we in, dreams versus reality, how do we draw the line, define that clearly. Also, it just seems extra relevant from that now that a main character is now a dog once again. Jason also encounters a clone. He orders delivery from a company called Dream Delivery, which made me think of Dream Lab, the name of the place they work in the Glitch Mode video. The reference to putting on a show is back on the car radio in one of these Universe Era teasers. There's this talk about the upcoming talent show, which was also referenced on the invite at the start of NCT Dream's Deja Vu video. They're getting ready to put on another show. Mark overtly goes to Kwanya and overtly enters this sea of unconsciousness we've talked about on NCT Talk. Let's Play Ball is an NCTU video that seems extra meaningful now that it has this inexplicable scene of flowers and plants surrounding Jemin, who also has a ladder by him. Remember the ladder was notable for Red Velvet's new album cover too. I'll tie everything all together in a second, but one more key NCT-related thing to remember. 
In the interlude resonance video, they showed a ton of NCT videos rapid fire. A big warp speed clip montage. And as the super nerdy and citizen I am, I did pause and play and pause and play and list each of the clips and when they showed up. And some recurring clips slash really notable inclusions include not just videos like Black on Black and Chewing Gum, but also a lab setting and an image of people stuck in glass cases. The big overall story arc, I think, will help simplify all these different symbols, connections between Red Velvet, NCT, and other SMCU sub-universes is remembering the three keywords Red Velvet used to describe Queendom. Homecoming, Journey, Carnival. So first, if we think about homecoming, that's referring to, you know, coming home. A grand return to where you belong. Which may be why they are at the gates of some Queendom on the Feel My Rhythm album cover. It could also explain how happy NCT members are re-entering that Quanya Sea of Unconscious, that's where all the action's happening. That's where the talent show being buzzed about is happening. That's when they feel complete. That's when ESPA members can reunite with their alter egos, make peace with them. Homecoming refers to going to Quanya, their special world where all this funhouse-style stuff happens. Gravity doesn't matter. Size proportionality is bizarre. Everything quirky imaginable happens, and no one really knows when it's no longer just a dream. That magical, imaginative world is Homecoming. Two, journey, refers to getting there, to that magical world, which is why I think so much of the SMCU symbols have to do with that transportation theme. So many cars, motorcycles, helicopters, trains, etc. are a big part of the story. Subway cars. As well as, remember I said this before from the Feel My Rhythm poster, suitcases. Lastly, carnival, referring to both a literal celebration like a carnival atmosphere, like the merry-go-round trinket in the new Red Velvet poster, as well as the whole carnival theme of the whole Reve Festival, every Reve Festival round of promo pics. It's also the theme, the setting of NCT Dreams work, lots of balloons, birthday cake, just a big festive, childish atmosphere to let out your inner child. So Homecoming, Journey, and Carnival are the three broad categories under which to group these symbols the purpose of reusing them for different SMCU characters and within each character's story, all to say that they are trying to craft a mental escape in real time by taking stuff from IRL and moving them into the dream world, figuring out how to do that, figuring out if there's a way to permanently merge the worlds and make their dream and real worlds one and the same. This seemingly endless quest is, I think, what they're trying to do. So I think the SMCU will be continuously about trying to merge those worlds completely, make Quanya as real as possible, continue to push this message of, no, this isn't staged, this is real, this is normal. It's so normal to stage it, it's no longer staged. It's just our daily life. So the unconventional becomes conventional and normal. I also think there's a big time travel element to that, where these characters are divided as to the best way to approach that big goal of merging the dream and reality completely. Some may argue we can do that better through winter, the frozen over landscapes. Some argue in spring or summer it's easier, hence all the greenery, flowers, etc. Perhaps then, one of the biggest symbols in NCT Dream's videos ever is in Raiden, with the tiny red toy car. 
because that is a shrunken down toy car. It checks all the boxes. Homecoming to this magical world where things can be as tiny or big as you want, not logically, where transportation is a big theme, and the carnival aspect with it's a toy for your inner child to love. So that little toy car, keep your eyes on that. Might make a return sooner than you think. Also, obviously, the transportation theme is pretty clear with the whole gas station album cover for NCT Dream's glitch mode. I hope I left you with a lot of intriguing things to think about on today's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in as always. Make sure you check out the new albums, Red Velvet's Feel My Rhythm and NCT Dream's glitch mode. And I will talk to you all again very, very soon. Bye, everybody.